0: together. Our dear God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time where we can quieten our hearts in your presence to listen to your word. Thank you for guiding Brother Raj these past days, Lord, as he meditates on this passage on the life of Nathaniel. Father, indeed your word gives life and we pray that the Holy Spirit will speak through him, minister the truth that you want each one of us to listen to and to
1: apply in our lives. So that Lord, as we leave this service this morning. We will know that, yes, there is something we can do that will bring about a small change in our life. So we look to you, Lord, to bring this about as we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much. Hi. Would you turn your Bibles to uh, John chapter 1? I'm going to be using the text on the screen here in the ESV, in the English Standard Version. But uh, if you guys have your own Bibles, you should turn to that too. So, um, so it's, Christmas is four days away, but then we've been seeing the lights and the songs and the everything and Robinsons everywhere in Singapore for the last, what, two and a half months, I think. And I don't know about you, but that really annoys me. Um, and... Even though Christmas is a time when Jesus is, in Singapore at least, most visible, he's also the time when Jesus is most harmless. You know, when he comes in this, you know, little baby form surrounded by this shining light and clean diapers and not crying and all of those things. And you know that real babies are not like that. But regardless, every year, year upon year, we talk about Christmas within the church as as a high-potential time. It's a time when we can evangelize, a time that we can speak to other people about Christ. But the problem is this. Um, everyone already knows, right, that Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. So how does that help us in the way that we speak to people? Because the real question is, who do we say that Jesus is when we're confronted by people who ask, what what is Christmas about? What does it mean to you? Um, Why are you celebrating this? And so that's the question. And so there are a hundred different answers that, correct answers that the Bible would give you, and um, from across the Bible, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's a great idea to sign up for the Tuesday Bible study. Uh, I have, and I think you should too, Uh, But for today, what we're going to do is we're going to try and look at one answer to this question of who do we say that Jesus is from this text, John chapter 1, uh, verse 43 to 51. And so before we look at the text itself, it'll probably be a good idea to take a step back and look at the whole gospel of John and what is John really trying to say in his entire gospel. And he tells us in John chapter 29, verse 30 to 31, where he talks about his entire gospel, and he says, now Jesus did many other signs which are not written in this book, in this gospel, but these are written, the things that John tells us about in his gospel, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So the reason why John writes is so that we will understand who Jesus is, that we'll be able to believe him and have life in his name. And so that should shape, that should color the way that we, that we view any text within, um, within the gospel of John. And so now, with that in the back of our mind, I'd like us to look at our text, John chapter 1, verse 43 to 51, and what we're trying to answer while looking at this text is the question, this Christmas, who do we say that Jesus is? Right? So, I'm going to start reading from uh, Verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip found Nathanael. Now, I'm going to stop for a minute. Now, there are lots of names that have come up so far, but basically there are three big people involved in this little text. So there's Jesus. Jesus found Philip and called Philip to follow him, and Philip calls Nathanael, right? So three big people. Verse 45. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him, of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so Philip's calling Nathaniel, and he's telling him, we have found him, and, and who is this him? It's this person they've all been expecting, they've all been waiting for, this Messiah, the coming one, the one who was written about by Moses and the prophets and the entire Old Testament. And he says that this person that we're waiting for, this is Jesus of Nazareth. The son of Joseph. And you have Nathaniel's answer in verse 46. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip, what else can he say? He says, Well, come and see. Now, why this? You know, why why this skepticism? Why this doubt on the part of Nathaniel? For you and I, when we speak of Jesus, when we think of Jesus, when you say Jesus of Nazareth. You know Nazareth has all of these overtones of of greatness and 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 Jesus and kingdom and all of that, but not so in that time, because at the time Nazareth is this it's um, the one in this little red block. Nazareth is this little sleepy village surrounded by a large number of larger, more important cities, and in one sense, you know saying that we have found the coming king and he's coming from Nazareth. It's a bit like saying. We have decided who is going to be running for our next presidential election. Great, you know which school does he come from? He comes from Kampung you know, Kambing Church, Kampung Kambing Primary School, or something. And, and the answer that you'd get is what? Who? Not not Raffles or CJC. I don't know. You guys know your schools better than I do. But, you know, not any of these great schools. Kampung Kambing. What good thing can come out of Kampung Kambing? And so that's that's the kind of response that he was getting. And and what Philip said was, just come and see. And so that's the kind of first part of that text, which is where Philip and Nathanael are having this exchange. And now Philip kind of drops out of the scene, and what you have for the rest of the text is just Nathanael speaking with Jesus. And so Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael says to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answers him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now, this is something that is open to a range of interpretations. Different people try to squeeze a lot of meaning out of the idea of under the fig tree. What does that mean? Does it mean that he was... um, uh, he was someone who was truly faithful to the idea of Israel as the God's fig tree. Does it mean that he was sitting under the fig tree, reading his Bible and waiting for Jesus to come? Does it, it, it doesn't matter. There are a couple of different interpretations, but as far as we know, Jesus saw him sitting under a fig tree. And so I'm going to leave it at that. And, uh, but the point is that when he was far away, when he was invisible to Jesus, Jesus could see him. And this is Jesus' Expressing, demonstrating in some way his supernatural power. And when Jesus does that, Nathaniel goes all the way. Nathaniel's answers, Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. Never mind that you're from Nazareth or you're the son of Joseph, but you are the king of Israel. And so you can see that Nathaniel's not is someone who seems to be quite easily persuaded. And if you wanted to sell him your car or something, you know, this is the kind of guy that you want to, to find. But Jesus answers him in verse 50, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Verse 51, and Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Now, that's the end of the text that we're looking at today, and It is an intensely rich text. There's lots of different parts of this that can all be taken in different directions to to speak to us about lots of different things. When I went to the BGST library, to, uh, to a library to pick up a commentary to prepare for this sermon, I found in the gospel sections, there's the section for the commentary on Matthew, on Mark, on Luke, and then on John, you know, so it's, huge amount of material there's there's a lot of richness in the gospel of john and this particular text that we can look at but what we're going to do is we're going to focus on just one little aspect and that is back to the question that we started off with and that is who do we say that jesus is from this text and what i want to draw your attention to is this that after jesus's demonstration of power after Jesus has been introduced as the one that they 've all been waiting for, Nathaniel looks at Jesus and calls him, "You are the King of Israel." but what Jesus does is says refers to himself as the Son of man now what what, what does that mean? You know what, what, Why they contrast between the way that Philip or Nathaniel talk about Jesus and the way that Jesus himself talks about himself? Now, you've heard this term many, many times, have you not? I mean, anyone who's read the Bible, who's read the New Testament, is familiar with the term, the Son of Man, this expression. But what does it mean? And it's important that you know, because jesus this is Jesus' favorite designation for himself. The favorite term that Jesus uses when he talks about himself. And he uses this term more than 80 times. But what does it actually mean? And what it means is... It comes out of something else. It pulls back upon the term that is used in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. Now, in the book of Daniel, most of us know about the first part of the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, I think it's, what, 12 or 14 chapters. And the first six chapters is about the story of Daniel and his friends, um, you know, uh, with Nebuchadnezzar and being thrown into the lion's den and all of that stuff. And then after that, from chapter kind of later part of 6, 7 onwards, all the way until until the end. Daniel is a book of apocalyptic, a book of prophecy about what happens after those times. And in chapter 7, the first thing that happens is there's a summary of all of world history. And Daniel talks about a vision where he sees four great beasts that come out, and each of them is given a kingdom. Each of them is given to rule over the entire world. There's one that looks like a lion. There's one that looks like a Leopard, there's one that looks like a bear, one that just looks like a really scary beast. And that all of these, in images, different human kingdoms come and go, and they take over and they rule over the entire world for eras. But then at the end of that, the final state is this. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. Verse 13, Daniel says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And so whereas before it's been all of these beasts that have ruled over the world. It's been this, the, the, this lion, this dragon, this uh, leopard, this bear. Now it's one like a son of man who comes before the ancient of days. And what happens is verse 14. And to him, to the son of man was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve serve him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. So Daniel speaks about there are going to be human kings, there are going to be great powers that are going to rule over the world for a time. But when the end comes, the Son of Man will come. And when he comes, he will be given dominion over all. All peoples, all nations, all languages. And so when Nathaniel calls Jesus the king of Israel, the king of my people, the king of our 15,000 know, ethnic group, and Jesus says, you're not wrong, I am king over you, but I'm also the son of man, the king over all nations, all peoples, the entire world. And so Nathanael's view of Jesus, Nathanael's picture of Jesus as Messiah was too small, too limited, too private, his own little king. And Jesus corrects him. A lot like how we think of our own little favorite football team. Um, You know, this is my Jesus, who is my king, in the same way that Arsenal is my favorite football team, or, you know, I, I, I don't watch football, so I don't really know. All of these other, in you know, Manchester, United, La, La, United, La, whatever. Um, but Nathaniel's view of Jesus was as his own private preference, his own private king, the king over his own ethnic group. And Jesus says, I'm not yours. I am the king over all people's. And so as we come to Christmas, and all over Singapore, all over the world, everybody celebrates Christmas. Everybody puts up a tree, puts up lights. They talk of Christmas as the time when Christians celebrate the birth of their God. But how do we view Christmas? Who do we say that Jesus is? What do we say that Christmas is about? We are not going to make this exact same mistake that Nathaniel did. We're not going to say that Jesus is the king of Israel. But is it possible that when we speak of the significance of Christmas, we say that we celebrate Christmas because we celebrate the birth of Jesus, who is the God of Christians. And if that's the way that we think of him, it's not wrong, but it's too small. Do we think of Jesus as the God of Christians? My personal salvation. The one who came to die for me. And that's true. But that's too small. He did not only come for you because he's the son of man given dominion over all peoples and all nations and all languages. Do we think of the kingship of Jesus as his command, as the area that he's able to reign and have control over as the Lord of my life? And that's true. But if that's all he is, and he's got nothing to say to your family or your place of work or for your nation or for your neighborhood or for the rest of the world. If he's not the Lord of all of these other things, then he's too small. He's not the son of man. And we've made the same mistake that Nathaniel has. If he's the son of man, And to him is given dominion, verse 14, and glory and a kingdom that all people's nations and languages should serve him. If this is our Jesus, then Christmas is about the birth of Jesus, not of your private God, not of your private Savior, not of your private Lord, but of the Son of Man who's given dominion over all. And that must be the way that we come into Christmas. And what that means is that on Christmas morning, when you and I get up and we celebrate the birth of our king, we're not celebrating the birth of our king alone. We're celebrating the coming to earth, the incarnation of the king of the entire universe, of the entire world. Even if most of them don't recognize it, don't know that, we are celebrating on their behalf for the birth of their king as well as ours. And that is Jesus' birth on Christmas. Now, who do you say that Jesus is? If you believe this, if you know this to be true, then what would change in your life or in the way that you celebrated Christmas if you believed this, if you lived like this? Now, for for the next few minutes, what I'm going to do is I've talked until now about the interaction between Nathaniel and Jesus and how Jesus speaks of himself as a Son of Man and how the Old Testament defines the Son of Man as the one who rules over all things, but what does this mean for you and me and for now i 'm not going to talk about what the Bible says but about what it would mean for me, and what it means for me may be different from what it means for you, but I hope that this at least triggers your thought on what it should mean, and so what would change for me for raj 's life if I really believe that jesus is the son of man given dominion over all things it should change how i worship jesus there are different ways to worship him there are different ways to sing and think of him but there are some ways of thinking about him of worshiping jesus that are essentially private and limited and for me and jesus of my personal piety, of me going away on, on this you know, silent retreat to be alone with Jesus, to have boyfriend time, girlfriend time with Jesus. Private worship. And, and this is not wrong. But if that's the only way I'm worshiping Jesus, if my way of relating him to him does not include, does not relate to his dominion over the rest of the world, then my Jesus is too small to change the way that i follow jesus and this is closely related to the first one again when we think of what it means for us to follow jesus to consecrate ourselves to jesus to give our lives to jesus a range of things comes to mind the things that i'm supposed to do the good things i'm supposed to do the bad things i'm supposed to give up but if all of these things are limited to private things that i do between me and jesus my bible study time if i measure how much i'm following jesus by how much quiet time i'm doing in the morning how much prayer i'm doing and that's all it's not somehow related to the way that jesus is over the king over all people and other people then the way that i follow jesus is too small i i I, there's this guy that i work with in the nuh emergency department and um Apparently, for the last close to 10 years, he's a believer. Every Christmas, he spent at work, uh, you know, in the emergency department or or on call in the hospital or something. And he was asked by a, a nurse, you know, last Christmas, aren't you Christian? Why aren't you in church? Why are you here working? And his answer was, if Christmas is when Jesus leaves his home and comes down for our benefit, then the best way that Christians should celebrate Christmas is by leaving our home and place of comfort and going out and serving other people. And that's the reason I'm in the hospital today. Um, I think he got something right. And for that reason, this Christmas, I'm not going to be at theban. I'm going to be in the emergency department. Uh, but I hope for most of you guys, you, please don't come to my emergency department at the time. <laughs> but uh, I hope you're out serving. I hope you're out looking out for other people. I hope the Jesus that you're celebrating is not your private king. It's the king of the whole world. And it should change the way that I speak to others about who Jesus is. As I said in the morning, as in, right in the beginning, it's easy for us in multicultural, multi-religious Singapore to celebrate every great religious feast. And we talk about Christmas at the time that we, as we Christians, celebrate the birth of our God, and it's not. It's the time that we celebrate the God of the whole universe, of every people, even when they don't recognize it. And for some of you, if you're not a believer and you're here um, or you're visiting us, um, it's the same thing that I have to tell to you that this is the Jesus that we worship. this is the Jesus that we celebrate. He's our king. And he is also your king. And you can disagree with me, but we will not agree that he is just my private king and he doesn't make a call upon you. He does. And if you'd like to know what that means to give your allegiance to Jesus, to come to Jesus, to follow Jesus, to give your life to Jesus, um, if you've been brought here by somebody, speak to that person. They'll be able to tell you what that means. Or if at the end of the service you come up here, um, speak to me. I'd, I'd be glad to speak to you about what that means. I'm going to invite the musicians to come up because we're going to end now. And what I'd like us to do is all of us to stand. And I've spoken about three ways in which it makes a difference to my life um, how I think about Jesus as my own private God versus the Son of Man who is the God of all things. It changes the way that I worship. It changes the way that I work. It changes the way that I witness. And for just a minute, I want you to think. I want you to close your eyes and just think with me about what it means for you to think of Jesus as the Son of Man, as the God of all things, that you will not make the same mistake that nathaniel did of restricting him to your own private life what does it mean for jesus to be the king of all things and i want you to look back at your own life over this past year from the last christmas until this one and ask has has the way that i've worshiped jesus the way that i've thought about jesus is the way that i've served him, has the way that I've witnessed to him, have all of these things reflected a great God, a son of man, or has it reflected only a a little private Manchester United, my own little private God? Because if your God has been too small, if your Jesus has been too small, then it's time to, to repent, and to ask the Holy Spirit to to change your heart so that this Christmas you'd be faithful to Jesus as He really is in all of His greatness. And we're going to sing this closing song and after that I'm going to pray with you and then we'll close. The splendid The love a king
0: clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice! All the earth rejoice!
1: Would you pray with me? God, remember um, today as we do every day, that you have come, you have entered our world, you have been born our King. And we're going to celebrate that formally in in four days from now with, with the rest of Singapore, with the rest of the world we're going to celebrate Christmas. God, open our eyes, open our hearts to see you as you really are, as how great you really are. Spirit, work in us, and if we have made you too small, if we've made you too private, forgive us. Help us to see how great you are, and help us to reflect that in how we worship you, in what we do in service to you and how we speak of you to all those who ask and all those around us. Lord, be our son of man, our great king and teach us to be faithful to this. In Jesus' name. The service is over. Happy Christmas.